Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. economy is, is chugging along. We added 350,000 jobs in January, almost twice as many as expected. Locally, we saw more than 1,200 unique job postings during the same period compared to just 800 Pensacola postings in the month of December of 2023. This was Nicole Gieselson. She works with the Haas Center at UWF, and uh, she was speaking at the Chamber of Commerce luncheon the other day about the status of the economy here locally. A lot of very interesting things like, you know, USA, new jobs are strong, local postings very strong, jobs created in the last five years, and what they forecast for the coming five years in Pensacola. Over the last five years, our city, our region, our metro area, grew by 10,200 jobs alone. And looking over the horizon, our data projects that we're on track to add another 8,800 jobs by 2029. That's great, I mean, that's fantastic. Zooming into county numbers, the growth rate in Santa Rosa County far outpaces that of Escambia County, 10% compared to just four. Wow. However, job numbers are three times greater in Escambia County than they are in Santa Rosa, and earnings are about $3.50 more in in Escambia. Yeah, I mean, not really much of a surprise there. A lot of people live in Santa Rosa and work in Escambia, and Escambia pays better on average than Santa Rosa, which is part of why they work here, but also part of why, I mean, you know, just the jobs simply are here as opposed to uh, across the water. Uh, We love both counties, by the way, you know, but I live in Escambia. Uh, Obviously, we cover Santa Rosa quite a bit. Uh, Wages. Interesting. A little bit of a bad note here. Median hourly earnings are hovering at about $19 an hour. Uh, This is three bucks less than the national average wage of 22, which means that labor earns less but our cost of living is on par with the nation. So it's difficult for individuals who are trying hard to make ends meet. So you won't make as much here, but the good news is you will pay as much. (laughs) So that's not, that's really bad news. Um, I think a lot of that is driven by not just, you know, the recent inflation under the Biden economy has hurt everybody equally, but the housing prices and the insurance prices on housing and on cars here in Florida has uniquely disadvantaged Floridian residents. I mean, this is, we obviously know that. Uh, Biggest employers in the state. This one surprised me. Jake, if you had to take a guess, who do you think is the biggest employer in the state? Private employer outside of government. Hmm. I would have to say Whataburger. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But here she asked a question and people made other guesses. All right, quiz time. So who can tell me the top private employer in the state of Florida? This is an easy one. It's not as easy as you would think. (laughs) Yeah, that's number two. I heard Walt Disney. Yeah, Disney is number two. That's an easy one to guess. But here. Anybody else? Do we have anyone from Publix here today? They're the number one employer. They employ 131,000 people statewide. Disney's number two, 
Combined, they employ 200,000 people in our state. So this is an interesting number just to kind of think about. Disney plus Publix is 200 plus 205,000 people. That's one in every 100 people. 1% of the state either works for Disney or uh, Publix. Or another way to think about it, like Santa Rosa County, population of Santa Rosa County is, I think it's right around 180 right now, uh, and 130,000 people work at Publix. So Publix plus the city of Pensacola equals Santa Rosa County. Or another way to think about it, there's almost as many people that work as in Publix as, as live in Santa Rosa County. How many Twitters is that? <laughs> That's money. That's a different metric. Um, Also, she talked about how things, you know, she's actually learned from this show, which I kind of like. So closer to home, a severe drought greatly diminished the cash crops over the past year. And our our farmers will struggle to uh, to make this up over the next several years. I want to thank Pensacola Morning News for your coverage on on this topic in agriculture. I've learned a lot from it. So thank you. Um, Absolutely, my yeah, pleasure. Yeah, nice. And then the last one, uh, this takes a second, but it's worth sharing, dealing with the airport, which of course is fantastic here, and the growth has been uh, unbelievable. Each county still boasts more, more visitors traveling to us by car, but the, the share of guests traveling by plane is increasing, so that's a good thing. I want to call your attention to the three airports uh, from Florida, and then the, the little blue line at the bottom is kind of flat, that sad little mobile. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, right? So for almost 10 years, we've been tracking their success or lack thereof. And in 2022, they stopped sending me their data. So if you have any influence, yeah, just tell them to send it my way. But in all seriousness, they're they're considering moving their airport. Um, They're in some some level of planning for that and they want to move it closer to baldwin county because right now we do serve a lot of baldwin county guests so um it's an important thing to watch and i would like to get their data again and yeah it's actually kind of funny here that's the chart jake can you see that yeah the bottom line is mobile oh my goodness it's yeah they're just dropped off the chart entirely and they're not even sending the data out anymore that's kind of funny sad but funny but good for us because there are people who drive from mobile and baldwin county to fly out of pensacola they do that's a lot. That's common. 617 News Radio 92.3. The transgressor ceremony comes up next. Jake's got traffic on the fives. All right. We're looking great on our roadways. No accidents reported by FHP at the moment. And looking at the congestion maps, I'm not seeing any slowdowns to tell you about. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, not showing any slowdowns there. Mobile Highway is clear through Beulah. We're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Uh, Lillian Jackson, Navy, New Warrington, all accident-free on the west side. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I am Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Got a bug problem or worse, a rodent situation? Insect makes pest control for your home easy and effective. First, Insect thoroughly inspects the problem and provides you with a free estimate and a treatment plan. Then once on the job, Insect identifies, targets, and eliminates common household pests, including rodents, roaches, ants, and fleas with guaranteed results. Insect's professionally trained technicians will safely and effectively eliminate pests inside and outside, while also taking preventative steps to stop other pests from infesting your home. Afterwards, a report with pictures will be emailed to let you know what was found and the work that was performed. To make it even easier, Insect offers annual and quarterly pest control services to stop pests from infesting your home. Guaranteed. Outside, inside, from inspection to treatment to follow-up. Insect Pest and Lawn makes whole home protection safe and easy. Just say no to bugs. Join the Insect family today online at insect.net. That's E-N-S-E-C dot net.
Let's be honest, nobody likes taxes, but they are necessary to maintain roads, support schools, and fund public services. Wouldn't it be great if someone else paid our taxes? In Escambia County, they do. Our beautiful community draws millions of visitors who spend over a billion dollars each year. The taxes they pay help lower the tax burden for locals. Tourism works for all residents and businesses in Escambia County. This message brought to you by Visit Pensacola. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS-certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are all words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what do they mean? How do you get started? You can start by tuning into the Pensacola Expert Panel this Monday at 10.30 a.m. Join me, Lexi Mendoza, and I'll show you how to navigate the fast-growing landscape of digital advertising this Monday at 10.30 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions, 850-437-1620. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. First, Machine Gun Kelly, who this week publicized his obscene decision to have his arms on the top half of his chest tattooed solid black. Now, depending on whom you ask, it either looks like a half-hearted version of Spider-Man's symbiote costume, or else a postmodern expression of redaction chic, or what some have simply called busted toner cartridge camouflage. Although some MGK fans are lamenting the loss of his Cleveland tattoos, we of course have no objection to anything that de-emphasizes Ohio. But of course, the real problem here is that Mr. Machine Gun turned his upper body into one of the most vulgar displays of black torso ever seen in this country. Not satisfied to be like most minstrel show racists who put on their black face, Kelly instead has turned himself into a two-toned mockery of all people who were assigned black at birth. Now, of course, we are willing to make accommodation for transracial persons in our woke history. We are inclusive after all, but there is a process to follow. And he did not follow it. He did not get permission from the North American Society for the Prevention of Cultural Appropriation, the NASPCA, not to be confused with the ASPCA, which of course prevents cruelty to animals, or with the ASCAP, the American Society of Composers and Producers, but I digress. As you all know, any white person who petitions to convert to blackness must first take the oral exam on black identity and history, then receive a two-thirds vote from the Racial Disaffiliation Subcommittee, and finally pass a rigorous screening under the Rachel Dolezal protocols before receiving a certificate of transracial sincerity. Mr. Kelly did none of this, and in so not doing, made a mockery of everything we have done to accommodate and include would-be transracialists such as himself. For thus so flagrantly engaging in this inky hate crime, Machine Gun Kelly, we cast thee out. 
You are not black. You will never be black, no matter how much ink is spilled about or inside of you. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, actress Selma Blair. For second-degree felony Islamophobia, for her comments on a post by anti-immigrantist Abraham Hamra, who was criticizing our Congressional Squad heroines Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush for voting against a bill that would have prevented anyone who participated in the October 7th Hamas Freedom Fighter action against Israel from immigrating to, to the United States. Blair commented, quote, Deport all those terrorists supporting goons. Islam has, de has destroyed Muslim countries, and then they come here and destroy mines. They know they are liars, twisted justifications. May they meet their fate. After a proper scolding from the Council on American-Islamic Relations, Blair tried apologizing by saying she improperly conflated Muslims and radical Islamists and fundamentalists, and that she regrets the hurt her words caused so many decent Muslims. But this is no apology at all, for Blair, who is Jewish, is still maintaining the dangerous idea that there are good Muslims and bad Muslims. But of course, you all know that we do not deal in such distinctions. Muslims are good, period, especially when attacking Jews. Jews are good only when denouncing other Jews, and Christians, of course, can never ever be good. So when Selma Blair only recants half of her heresy under social media scourging, we of course must insist she be fully removed from the congregation of the faithful, cast into the abyss of irrelevance, where there is much wailing and gnashing of teeth. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Finally, our strongest praise this week is reserved for Secretary of State Antony Blinken for authoring a memo instructing the roughly 69,000 workers in the State Department that they should strive to use gender-neutral language in all of their activities. The memo, titled, quote, Modeling DEIA, Gender Identity Best Practices, end quote, lays out a wide variety of suggestions for promoting diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. The new acronym to replace the less inclusive DEI, which is so last week, it tells recipients to avoid gendered language such as mother or father, ladies and gentlemen, son or daughter, husband or wife, you guys, and of course, manpower. And to replace phrases like brave men and women on the front lines with more category-specific references like brave first responders, brave soldiers, or my personal favorite, brave Department of State agents. The memo also teaches such core truths as that gender identity as a person's, quote, innermost concept of self as a masculine, feminine, blend of both or neither, which may or may not correspond with one's sex assigned at birth, end quote. It explains that the most commonly used pronouns are she, her, he, him, they, they them, and zezer. Also reminding people that any pronouns a person selects for themselves represent a personal decision that should be respected. It also instructs people to not pressure others to state their pronouns and to react to mispronouncing offenses with subtlety and grace. Now, although we know that Secretary Blinken is trying to create a kinder, gentlerer culture at the State Department, we think his encouragement for the victims of pronoun violence to simply take the punch and respond with patience represents a significant and unacceptable level six microaggression. Why should the innocent person who suffers pronoun battery in the workplace not be entitled to stand their ground, act in self-defense, and prosecute the offender to the fullest extent of the HR? We find in general that fear and intimidation are far more effective tools of this gender anarchy revolution than patience and re-education. Nevertheless, despite this flaw, the memo is an excellent tutorial for beginners, and as such, we endorse it, mostly. All hail Caesar. Woe unto all who offend. 
As you depart today, please consider placing a donation in the colorfully decorated box labeled Causes We Suddenly Care About This Week. Today's collections will provide much-needed sedatives for poor little Timmy Cooper, who was simply minding his own business at the local newsstand, browsing the safe-to-read section, when he happened to catch a glimpse of the Telegraph headline, Men and Women's Brains Do Work Differently, Scientists Discover for the First Time. Timmy's parents found him two hours later laying in a quivering heap on the sidewalk, he finally came out of his coma yesterday, but they are keeping him sedated until he can be safely detraumatized by a capable psychiatric virtue healer. Refreshments this week are provided by To Helen Backwash, purveyors of fine recycled spit and swill. Years ago, Zachary Miller discovered that by carefully rescuing the liquid contents of discarded plastic water bottles at sporting events, he could repurpose the untreated effluent in them and resell it to eco-conscious consumers in the very same bottles he found it in. To Helen Backwash, on the cutting edge of next-generation salivary recycling, you can really taste other people's mastication. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. 627 on News Radio 92.3. Jake has got our traffic for us. Jake. Hell and backwash. I love that. Uh, we are looking good on our roadways. I-10 and I-110 are checking in clear. If you're on Highway 98 going through Gulf Breeze or Navarre, no accidents slowing you down, no delays on Burgess or Olive. We're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. And Cervantes is clear through the curve on Scenic Highway and Summit Boulevard. Also not showing any accidents. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. And yes, the biblical instruction is in fact to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Uh, (laughs) If you're you're thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to buy good quality used cars that you can drive for a long time. Cars that you buy with, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 miles a year or too old, and then you drive them until, you know, they have two or 300,000. That's what I do. That's what Dave Ramsey recommends you do. Uh, that's certainly what we have done with our cars, including the uh, the Civic I've got now that I didn't buy there, uh, but would have if I'd have known. You know, well, I bought it before we lived here. And the uh, Honda Odyssey that we did buy there, and we'll drive until probably a decade or so. Uh, Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years with good quality used cars behind the Big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Pronoun violence. <laughs> really? Uh, the investigation into yesterday's cell phone outages is looking into whether it may have been part of a cyber attack. AT&T uh, phone service was fully restored after being out most of the day yesterday. The carrier posted late yesterday evening that so far they don't have any indications that it was caused by a cyber attack. Negotiations between Israel and Hamas are moving forward after the Israeli war cabinet agreed to send a delegation this weekend. An anonymous diplomat tells USA Today it appears both sides want a ceasefire and are willing to make some concessions. And filmmaker Tyler Perry apparently halting the expansion of his his film studio uh, over concerns about new AI technology that can make videos. Perry had been planning an $800 million expansion. Uh, now he says that's all on hold. He's hoping to see some type of regulations on AI video generation. Very good, David. Thanks so much for the update. I was, my favorite's always like the little teeny tiny things where I change the words, like a kinder, gentler, genderler culture. <laughs> I don't know why. Those are the ones that make me the most proud. All hail, Caesar. We'll be back in a minute. Fox News. 
Chris Foster. The last day of campaigning before the South Carolina Republican primary tomorrow, former Governor Nikki Haley says in an event in Georgetown, South Carolina, win or lose to Donald Trump, she's staying in the race. South Carolinians deserve the right to vote, as do every other state after that. Let's let them vote. She's hurting the party, but I don't care. Let her run because think of it. If she's not running, they're not talking about us. So maybe it's better if she runs a little bit. Trump at a religious broadcaster's convention in Nashville. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny's mother says she has seen his body but is not allowed to claim it and has been threatened to agree to a secret funeral. He died in prison a week ago. President Biden's met in San Francisco with his widow and daughter. We're going to be announcing the sanctions against Putin, who is responsible for his death. Those will be announced today. Navalny's daughter Dasha is a student at Stanford University in California. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631. News Radio 923 at 64 degrees right now. Mostly cloudy skies in Pensacola. Well, Governor DeSantis may not be interested, but a South Florida lawmaker says it was pretty cool to be mentioned as a possible running mate for Donald Trump. District 19 Republican Congressman Byron Donalds yesterday talked about Trump's comment that uh, Donalds is on his VP shortlist. Donalds tells Spectrum News 13 that it's surreal, but he says he's just working hard, doing his job, and not worrying about much else. He did say he would do the job of vice president if asked, because he says he wants to win. Escambia County's administrator confirming there was a meeting this week with at least a portion of EMS employees who've called for changes in leadership. It was two weeks ago when their union sent a letter to county commissioners calling for EMS Chief David Torcell and a deputy uh, and deputy chief Christopher Stevens to be removed due to a toxic work environment. Wes Moreno says both he and Assistant Administrator Debbie Bowers were at that meeting. See about three pages of notes, and then yesterday Miss Bowers spent all day long over EMS. I spent some time with HR and with finance, and uh, I've got HR doing some audits of some things. There at EMS, some accusations that are made or allegedly accusations. And so, you know, as I said, you got to go through these things and what can be validated, it can be validated. And if it can't, then it can't. And Moreno does say there are more times on the schedule where they're planning to meet with EMS employees in the coming days. The goal uh, is meeting with all of the road crews. A double murder investigation is currently underway. The sheriff's office says they do have a person of interest in custody. It's the grandson of the elderly couple found dead in their home yesterday afternoon. Someone saw it on Facebook on our our social media platform, and then he called us and said, I think I I, I know where this person is. Uh, Our deputies were in the area, obviously. We went out there. We found him. Sure enough, that's where he was. Uh, He was on foot. We we took him into custody without incident and, again, transported to the sheriff's office. Sheriff Chip Simmons tells Channel 3 deputies were called to this home on Greenbrier Boulevard yesterday for a welfare check. When they arrived, they found the victims in separate rooms with blunt force trauma. The person of interest is 24-year-old Jordan King. The victims have not been identified. A bill addressing homelessness is, at least in part, a safety issue. That from Governor DeSantis yesterday. He had a press conference in Orange County. Uh, He was discussing the bill that would make urban camping illegal across the state. The bill has passed committees in the House and the Senate in Tallahassee, but more votes are needed before it gets to the governor's desk. DeSantis says we cannot have a family feel unsafe just walking down the street because there's a massive homeless encampment that's intruded on day-to-day life. 
Well, kids may not uh, be able to access their favorite social media apps anymore. The state legislature now voting to ban minors from using sites that have any addicting features. Addicting features include infinite scrolling, push notifications, and a way to see how many likes that something gets. No specific apps are named in the bill. Uh, Governor DeSantis does say there are legitimate issues with the bill, though, and they may need to be addressed before before he signs it. It is 635 right now, News Radio 923. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? I'm not seeing anything out there on our roadways. No major accidents reported by FDOT and uh, not seeing any congestion on the Google Maps. No delays on Burgess or Olive. Davis Highway is clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Brent, and Fairfield. Looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through uh, Pace, no accidents reported there. Highway 98 east and westbound through Gulf Breeze and Navarre, not seeing any issues. Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Light showers possible through the morning hours. Temperatures warming up near 72 degrees in the afternoon. Rain showers come to an end by the afternoon. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 46. Beautiful and sunny weather for Saturday with a high near 68 degrees. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 44. We'll keep sunny skies around for Sunday with a high near 66 degrees and a low near 55. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. It is 64 degrees in Pensacola, 64 also in Gulf Breeze, 65 right now in Milton. And again, today we do have another pollen alert. High pollen across the area, uh, 636. Our next news at 7. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Google CEO Sundar Pichai says rapid developments in artificial intelligence could help strengthen defenses against cybersecurity threats in cyberspace. He adds the technology could assist companies and even government agencies with speeding up the detection and response to cyber threats. Cybersecurity ventures say cyber attacks cost the global economy an estimated $8 trillion in 2023 and is expected to rise to $10.5 trillion by 2025. An Internal Revenue Service Advisory Committee has recommended that the benchmark to report slot machine winnings to be taxed should be raised up to $5,000 from the current $1,200 benchmark. The the agency suggests the rule creates operational and compliance burdens. The committee also suggested the new $5,000 limit should be adjusted periodically for inflation. Futures are little changed after the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 had record days yesterday. That's your money now. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. It's the sound of $17.5 billion in new investments to produce EVs and batteries in Michigan. And that? That's the silence of Michigan's new in-road wireless charging system. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org radio. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. 
This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit starregistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit starregistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Tax season is here. And it's time to turn your refund into peace of mind with Jim's Firearms. Jim's Firearms is your go-to destination for top-notch personal protection. You're also going to want to secure your spot for one of their upcoming concealed carry classes. Use your refund wisely and invest in safety. Check out their wide selection online at jimsfirearms.net or visit the store in Pensacola at the corner of Serena Road and Blue Angel Parkway. Jim's Firearms, protecting what matters most. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. And now, during the final days of our President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus 10% off all bases. Ends Monday. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Congressman Matt Gates. We are here focused on a weaponized government. Donald Trump Jr. We're here tonight to talk about the great American story. In a Pensacola town hall meeting, Tuesday, February 27th, at the Palafox Wharf waterfront, Matt Gates and Donald Trump Jr. will discuss the biggest issues of our time. The doors open at 5 p.m., but if you can't make it, you can listen to the entire town hall meeting right here. News Radio Pensacola. Informative. Local. Dependable. Good morning, 640 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's been Scola Morning News every Friday, this time during session. We always talk with Alex Andrade, our state representative from District 2. Uh, he is on the phone right now. Uh, Alex, welcome back, sir. Thank you. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Let's. Can we start with something that has not been a lot in the news? But I got a. Um, I got a question from somebody who I, th- I believe owns a vape shop. Actually, I could be mistaken about that, but I think that's true. Uh, and had texted me, "Hey, are you paying attention to this anti-vaping bill?" And I was like, "No, I really hadn't been. I mean, as much as I watch, you can't watch everything." And uh, she says it's it's anti-capitalism. I don't know why the legislature in Tallahassee hates businesses. It's going to cost tens of thousands of jobs in the state. And so, uh, again, coming from a position of ignorance, which I am, uh, I wanted to ask you about it. Have you heard this bill in committee yourself? Yeah, it got heard in um, the the big appropriations committee a a week or two ago. Um, And honestly, I I don't I couldn't really dive into the the specifics of what it does. I think um, a lot of times there's some very large corporations that, you know, like Jewel. You know, which is owned by a very large tobacco company, um, and they want to, you know, tweak and nip and tuck our regulations to try and prevent, you know, competition in the market a sure. lot of times. And and ultimately, that's you know, I I didn't think we as a state were required by the federal government to raise our, you know, tobacco or nicotine purchasing age from 18 to 21. I have a personal issue with you know raising those types of um, age requirements up on everything unless we're going to do it universally a lot of times. But at this point, we're, you know, 
that's where we're at, and uh, I don't really feel like going farther. So, you know, I voted down, and several other people voted down, and um, I'm not sure it'll it'll pass the Florida House this year. Interesting. Okay, does, does the Senate have a companion yet that they're running? Yeah, the Senate has a companion, but, uh, um, you know, while the Senate might pass it, I, I really don't think, just because of the – given the, the, the people who voted down on it, I, I don't think it'll – have a great shot at passing the house okay all right well i know that's going to be good news for her i haven't again been following it all that carefully so i can't comment too much but i wanted to ask since i knew you would know and i'm sure uh she and other you know vape shop owners and purveyors and users are going to find that to be good news uh the hb1 the social media bill passed the senate yesterday it passed the house it's going to the governor's desk as i understand and um my question is do you think he's going to sign it because he seems to be signaling that he won't sign it out of Either practicality concerns, you know, constitutionality concerns, enforceability issues. What's your read? Um, well, he's got seven days to sign it. I think that was uh, one key thing. So we'll know before the end of session whether or not he'll sign it. Okay. And, uh, I think that might that might reframe the 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 last week of session, um, depending on whether or not he signs that that one bill. Could could the House in that time, if he doesn't sign it, come back? with an alternative version is that even allowed or the i mean the house could conceivably um get a two-thirds veto override okay okay all right interesting all right um the primary runoff bill i know this is a bill about which you and i disagree uh, I love the idea of instant runoff voting or what's sometimes called ranked choice voting, and I view a second primary, which we used to have in Florida until 2002, uh, so that you have to win a majority of your <laughs> primary. I view that as a good thing. I'm tired of plurality candidates getting elected because they live in a heavy Republican districts or Democrat districts. Um, I think that's a silly way to run a, uh, run a democracy. Yeah. But, and, but I know you disagree with me side, about this. I was going to light myself on fire if this fast. Yeah, yeah, I hated that idea. Um, <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> it was so in 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 theory that's i agree with what you're saying your version your concept your like what like ring choice voting will make the maximum number of people who claim to share the same views happy right like that, that's and the, represented that, like right that, that's the metric the maximum number of people who share the same views your view would make them happy that's a great way reality, to say it there's normally one or two folks there's normally one or two folks in these primaries, maximum like like four or five, right? Um, why on earth would we want to incentivize infighting amongst uh, people of the same party? Why on earth do we like right now as Republicans, we're in the majority? I don't want to have more primaries. I want to I want to have more more generals. I want to spend more money in generals, not primaries. Um, you know, if there was a, a like. If there was a significant amount of fracturing in the party, like a real type of fracturing within the party, I can see it. But um, like it's not it's not our party that's fracturing, you know. So I, it it doesn't benefit people who believe like I do. Um, you know, I think it would it might benefit people. Uh, you know, might benefit Democrats because they have a a much broader, wider, more bizarre range of beliefs within their party. Um, but for Republicans, we're we're not a monolith, but we, we tend to have our, our heads on straight. So, yeah, I just – in reality, I did not want that at all. I didn't think it would benefit us. 
and uh, but see, okay, I was so, ready to oppose it heavily. So <laughs> you, your answer troubles me, honestly, because you're assessing the bill from a what is beneficial to my party politically rather than a what's philosophically the best for the concept of representative democracy. And I know you believe in both, but um, I don't see it as a threat to Republicans because it would it it would generally just mean like, for example, county commissioner races in Escambia and Santa Rosa County. It might mean a different Republican wins, but it wouldn't mean a Democrat is suddenly going to win. And I think that the problem you have is, you know, you have some county commissioners that get elected with, you know, 38 or 40 percent support in the primary, which is not a majority. And then you, they're in a weird position where 60 percent, let's say, voted for somebody else. That doesn't mean 60 percent would have voted against them in a one to one matchup. But we never know. And so their opponents say that and then they say they want a plurality. And we never really know who represents a majority of the electorate. That's my concern. Oh, no, I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, the people that have put me in office because of the system that we're in right now are the Republican primary voters that put me in office. Like, right. like I'm, I'm coming, I have a lot of bias. I've never gotten less than 60% of the vote in a primary. Yeah, so it would be irrelevant really, to you other than the money spend, right, and the time to distraction. Sure, I, I see that. And so I'm coming, at it from, I'm coming at it from the money spend and the maintaining the majority in the broader state. Okay. Well, I and I'm glad to hear you say that you support the concept of ranked choice or instant runoff voting. God, I would love to see the state take that up and allow it. I know it's actually illegal right now in the state of Florida, but, um, you know, a, a fight for another day, let's say. Uh, we're talking to Alex Andrade. He's our state representative for District 2, the southern half of Escambia County and the waterfront south of uh, southern portion of Santa Rosa County. Hang on just a second, Alex. Let's get uh, Jake in here with Traffic on the Fives. This traffic report brought to you by Fresh from Florida. I am not seeing anything out there on our roadways to report. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is good. Highway 90, Highway 29. It's all looking clear. If you do see anything out there, you can always call or text our traffic tip line 437-1620. Meal planning is work, so let Fresh from Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh from Florida. There's sunshine in every Every bite. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to Alex Andrade, our state representative in uh, Tallahassee, uh, one of the three that represent our area. Uh, your defamation bill has the unique bragging point of being hated by liberals and conservatives alike. I've been kind of surprised to see all the headlines of the people who have come out against it because I understand this bill, having talked with you many times and listened to the arguments and read the bill, that it's very narrowly tailored to prevent uh, or to deter, really, not even to prevent, it's not prior restraint, but to discourage people from publishing defamatory news stories on the basis of single-source anonymous sourcing. Like, that's basically all the bill does, right? Yeah, and and it, ironically, uh, a bill about, you know, defamation, um, like, I, I, let me just let me just come out and acknowledge it. I lost. I lost the first opening salvo of the media fight on this one. I think that there, there are a couple um, folks who really, really, really hate this bill, who work in the media, who manage to get their media friends to all pile on at once. But what I can say is that piling on gave me the opportunity. I think because it went a little bit too far, it gave me the opportunity to meet folks like um, like Ty Rachik from Lives of TikTok this week. Um, Buck Sexton, um, Chris Ruddy from Newsmax, and um, I think the tide is, is going to start kind of flipping um, just because it is a good bill. This is a bill that um, I don't care if you're on the right or the left because I can't pass a, 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 con- a content-biased or a content-focused um, bill related to the First Amendment. My, any First Amendment bill has to be content-neutral. 
because I've always known that, and I've never said the opposite. Um, you'll, I think you'll start seeing some some flips on the on that perspective, even if folks aren't you know championing it from the from the media, um, because the media all thinks that somehow this is a bill designed to attack some type of media or the other, which is it is not. Um, at least uh, I think that piling on will stop. Um, the folks, the folks I talk to in depth about it all get it. Um, I mean, shoot, Stephen Miller. Like I'm, I'm talking to Susie Wiles in the Republican um, campaign, in the in the President Trump campaign, just because Stephen Miller, you know, someone riled him, him up about this. Right. Um, Benny Johnson, someone riled him up about this. So it's given the opportunity all of a sudden to be talking to these people about it, and I think um, I think the tide's about to shift. Well, it's it, it's interesting to hear that because it's one of these things where. <laughs> I distrust a lot of reporting just kind of in general because I know that when I read reports of what happens in Florida or when I read reports of what happens even here locally, it's often wrong. <laughs> it's so often wrong that I feel like, oh, well, I should be careful what I trust about anything because I know when they report on things that are I'm the most intimately aware of, they get it wrong. So I should kind of be cautious about all that stuff. And that's what I think you're saying happened here is, you know, people get a headline, they get a blurb, they get a misinterpretation, and then they freak out over that. Well, lo and behold, you know, the actual underlying substance is not what you think it is. But as you say, that opens them yeah, up to realizing every, it. Every, every dang article, the opening paragraph, says something about lowering the standard, make it easier to sue. And I'm, I'm scouring my own bill that I drafted. Like, where does it lower the standard? Where does it make it easier to sue? Um like the the bill ultimately, like I'm just somewhat passionate about conflict resolution. The bill ultimately will get help allow more of these defamation lawsuits to be resolved more efficiently. Um, it allows people to focus those those lawsuits on more on like clearing their name and the truth um, of the underlying statement rather than the the financial obligations of how much expensive a lawsuit is and lawsuits that generally would take three years in this type of space could potentially be resolved in six to eight months if this bill passes. Um, and, it'll, and it'll give people an opportunity to clear their names. Um, it can't create more lawsuits. It doesn't open or broaden the definition of defamation. It's just giving people who are stuck in these situations already the opportunity to clear their names or get out of a lawsuit if someone's brought a frivolous or abusive lawsuit against them. So, um, no, I'm excited for it. Hopefully I can get it up and out of the floor next week. Um, I've gotten almost universal support from Republicans so far um, when it comes down to casting a vote for it. And uh, I'll be talking to every single person who's curious about it over the weekend, I'm sure. Very good. Alex Andrade is our state representative for a District 2, the southern half of Scambia County and the southernest portions of Santa Rosa County after the uh, you know the redrawing of district lines because of population shifts. Uh, Alex, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for being in Tallahassee, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Andrew. Five, uh, 653 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you've got an import, you've got a BMW, a Porsche, a Mercedes, a Genesis, a Lexus, and you want to get that car serviced, hey, uh, Bobby Lycus Auto Service, they take care of those cars all the time. Because you probably think you've got to go to the dealership. You've maybe always assumed that. Well, surely they know those cars best. 
Uh, maybe, but maybe not. And not necessarily always, by the way. Just because the brand is over the door doesn't mean that that's what's in the mechanics knowledge base. And uh, at Bobby Likas, they work on these vehicles all the time. No problem. It's closer. It's less expensive. It's more convenient than having to drive to some place across the water or like to Destin or whatever right here on Davis Highway. Carclinicservice.com is the website where the philosophy of like a healthcare clinic for your car is embodied in the name. They want you to bring the car to them with the little things or even the preventative routine scheduled stuff so they can prevent the big thing, which is what you really want to avoid. Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. For a short month, February sure has a lot going on. The big game, Mardi Gras, Valentine's, and President's Day, to name a few. So, what else can we celebrate? How about a very low interest rate and $500 cash when you finance a 2024 Volkswagen at Feedmore Imports? That's right. Feedmore Imports now offers 1.9% financing for 48 months on all 2024 Tiguan and Taos models, plus $500 customer cash. The 2024 Tiguan S from 29101 and financing for 1.9% at 48 months. The 2024 Taos S from 24991 and 1.9% financing at 48 months. Plus the 2024 Volkswagen Jetta S now from 22481 with available financing of 1.9 at 48 months. These deals won't last long, so hurry to feed more imports. They're not in Car City, but at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rates and bonus cash for qualifying credit is CCI. Must take retail delivery by March 4th, 2024. See dealer for details. Hey, Escambia. Today, ECUA is talking trash. Specifically, bulk waste. July 1st, 2023, bulk service changed to call for pickup. Schedule a pickup by calling the ECUA Customer Service Department anytime before 2 p.m. on the day prior to your normal pickup day. Bulk pickup is still included at no additional charge. Schedule a free bulk waste or special pickup for construction debris for an additional fee. Call customer service at 850-476-0480. More information at ecua.fl.gov. Know what to throw, 850 850- The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR-TV News, on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Gas 326, Florida averages 334. In Mississippi, it's 285. And in California, it's 463, where the Blue Angels are training, by the way. Uh, 297 east of the Walmart Navarre, 297 west of the Walmart Navarre, 298 at the Sefco up 87. 295 foot of the Garcon Point Bridge at the Murphy across the street, 314 at a couple of stations in proper. 302 in Milton at the Sefco, 299 at the P Ridge Murphy Station, and then 305 if you wait till the raceway going through pace. Get over uh, into Pensacola on Nine Mile. The uh, Walmart there has a price that will not resolve. Uh, show me the price, baby. All right, won't do it. Uh, so in any case, uh, <laughs> it was working so good up until like five seconds ago. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be cheapest, probably about 290 at the Nine Mile Walmart and up the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29. Coming in from the southwest side, 
two, actually. That's a little bit better at the, um, the Thumberland Farms at Garden Street. 657, Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? I love the Thumberland Farms. I know. That's such a great name that you invented. That's excellent. <laughs> it's like Twitter and X, Twix. <laughs> Um, all right. Oh, you had you were better off before. Oh, yeah. I should always <laughs> stop while I'm ahead. Uh, I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds this morning, not showing any delays on Burgess or Olive. If you're on Highway 98 going through Gulf Breeze and Navarre, not seeing anything slowing you down. Cervantes is clear through the curve on Scenic. West Detroit Boulevard, Johnson Avenue, Olive Road, Cody Lane, all checking in clear. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text me on our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. I am Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? We are seeing President Biden's reaction now to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling that considers frozen embryos as children under state law. Biden said yesterday the decision was a direct result of the overturning of Roe versus Wade and said he believes it will reduce access to fertility treatments for families trying to get pregnant. And uh, Google putting its Gemini AI image generator on hold after producing inaccurate historical images. I don't know if you saw this over the last few days. But uh, on social media, it was uh, all over the place. People were complaining that uh, the Gemini AI image generator would generate Im- inaccurate images of historical figures. Uh, basically, it wouldn't produce any images of white people. It was it was creating <laughs> everybody as a person of color. <laughs> Uh, So you would ask for George Washington. It would give you George Washington, but George Washington was a black man. Oh, all right. So it's a blackface AI. (laughs) What's wrong with that? It was, uh, it's interesting. (laughs) It's on hold. It'll come back someday. Yeah, sure it will. Thomas Jefferson, more like George Jefferson. Oh, nice. (laughs) Look at you. You're moving on up. All right. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't even know where we are. Pentagon going to be a big success here this weekend. Starts today. I can't even answer the question. We'll be back in a minute. Stick around. More of this. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on. News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.